Welcome everyone to another weekly slab episode. This is number 14 here from Slab Socks. My name is Aaron, one of your hosts, joined by Nate. Again, what's new? Nothing really. Well, other than I hope by this point I've released weekly or week two of the London trip or England trip. And now you know if you haven't watched that, that I'm still here. I'm stuck. I'm stranded. Uh, tested positive for COVID day before having to leave. And that's just what the reality is. So hopefully I return negative test soon. I really want to get home, have a lot to get done. And uh, yeah, that's where I'm at. But I feel better today than I did the last couple of days. So that's good. Otherwise, Nate would be sitting here talking to you all. I'm sure he'd be really bored. That's true. Uh, me talking about the zero cool stuff by myself would not make great content. No. Also, but- I just want to take a brief moment to say shout out me wearing a sweatshirt so that I can keep my hands in the pocket. And then I don't touch my beard. So we'll see. see. We'll see if I can keep my hands off my beard today. Let's see if you make it the whole episode. Also, I apologize if my camera's super fuzzy. The Wi-Fi is not super great where I am right now. Uh, I'm just going to do my best for this episode and see what happens. So we got a couple topics to talk about today. First one is going to be Fanax's first release, which I'm sure he follows on Instagram. You heard about this, what it is. Nate just mentioned Zero Cool, but we'll talk more about that once we get to it. Number two, we're going to talk about what our first release would be if we were in charge of Fanatics. Three, of course, there was some massive NFL news yesterday or Tuesday that that would be um, Rodgers, Wilson, whatever. And we'll talk about how the market's already shifted from that and where it might be going into the next season. And then also we'll be covering uh, our FlipQuest 2022 and highlighting some cards in the weekly auction number eight from PWCC that we think can alter the market in different ways. And then also we will have our we'll get back to our who's hot, who's not. Uh, segment at the very end of the episode so let's just get going right away uh many of you might know by now if you don't here's the deal fanatics is first official release is going to be through a brand called zero cool cards and it's not going to be a sports release the zero cool cards card brand is going to be all about culture different ip so intellectual property different people um, basically anything that's not sports is going to be under the Zero Cool Cards brand. And their first release is going to be a V Friends physical card release, which is the super popular Gary V NFT project. It's one of the best NFT projects that's released over the last couple or last year now. Um, and it's a lot of people collect the things. A lot of people buy and sell them. And it's tickets to the VCon concert as well. Not concert, sorry, convention. Wouldn't that be funny? Go to VCon and you get to hear Gary V sing. <laughs> That would be something else. That would be something else. Uh, So just to brief this really quick, I'm going to have this post on the screen for you all to see. And I'm just going to read through some of the details about this. And then we'll dig into this set. And why you all should care about this, even if you think that this is the either the dumbest thing ever or the best thing ever. Because I think that there's a lot of people who either are on like one side or the other. Because Not a ton of middle ground in those comment sections. No, there really isn't much middle ground at all. Uh, but we'll 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 talk about why this is extremely important just in general. Uh, so yes, yeah, so this release is going to happen. It's going to come out in a box that's wooden. I think there's going to be ten cards per box, um, one pack per box, and it's going to be sold via zerocoolcards.com on a blind Dutch auction. By this point, when you're watching this video or listening to the podcast, I believe that the auction is already closed. Now, actually, depending on what time this episode releases, it might be open for like an hour longer, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be closed by the time you listen to this. So if you, uh, I guess, are listening now, look out for the next release if you can get a bid in for this. But 
the blind auction auction is basically you submit a bid, whatever you want, and there's 800 boxes available for sale. And if your bid falls in the top 800 bids, it matches all the bids to Nate. Is it to, to the lowest bid amount, like the very lowest bid clearing price? And then that's Correct. what's the price for everything. Yeah. So if you bid a thousand and they're one for 600, you pay 600. Exactly. So then all 800 boxes would sell at 600. Uh, now, according to the Pop Insider, Fanatics says that they that's already inked licensing deals with entertainment companies, creative studios, and streaming services for Zero Cool training cards to be released in the months ahead. So this is not going to be the last time you see a Zero Cool product release. Um, and this is officially Fanatics' entry into the training card business. Now I'm going to screen share here and show you all the website because this is actually super interesting. So this is the ZeroCool.com website. Uh, I do want to make mention that this is not partnership. This is not advertisement. This is none of that. I just, we both find this extremely interesting from the fact that Fanatics is going to be running the industry for however long in the future. And this is extremely important for everyone to see and understand and think about if you really are strictly a sports card collector. Like, like I said, you can look at this and see drawings on these cards and say, why would I ever want that? Or you could look at it and say that's the best thing ever because I love VFriends NFTs and I want that to go with my VFriends NFTs. But the reason why it's really important is because I think that this might lead the way for Fanatics's high-end brand releases. This is 800 boxes of this stuff is getting sold. There's 1,000 produced. They're keeping back 200. It says in a disclaimer down here um, for promotion, promotional methods and uh, accidental damages if they need to replace boxes, whatever. But... The thing is, is that this is, Nate, this is probably like the most transparent data we've ever had shared for a sports card product release or for a product release in the trading card market. And it's coming in Fanatics' first release. You see every single stat here. Cases made, 250. Boxes per case, four. Packs per box, one. We all know that. Like, that's not info that's hidden from other companies as you you open the box and you see. Uh, But, like, the fact that they're saying how many boxes are released, how many are produced, um, and then also all the parallel info here. Nate pointed out to me that there's 22, or the the base cards. There's 22 of them. I don't think that they're serial numbered, probably, but there's 22 of each base card. Because you can and, look up if you go up to the top, yeah, to the to the roving line of cards that's going across. You can yeah. see the ones that are labeled out of eight, out of two, but then the base cards. There's no number. Yep, no number in the top left. The rare there's eight. The very rare there's five. Epic two. And then they have it all listed here on the right side also. Um, they also have different access tokens, 33 car- unique cards, gunmetal. We have no idea what those are right now. And then original sketches where he hand draws 15 new unique characters onto the uh, the cards themselves. So the other ones will be printed on and it will uh, be off of the VFriend ones or the VFriends one release, NFT release. And then he's got 15 new characters. And then also there's like, one of one, very, 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 very lucky black cat signed by him, one of one. So that's what this release is. But for the actual method of like placing bids and stuff, I did place bids because I wanted to see physically how this is going to work. Because if there comes a day that they are releasing, let's just say Tops Formula One Dynasty through this, I want to see how I'm going to have to go place bids, understand how it works. And if they release all the info like this, that'd be super cool. Imagine if we knew how many Tops Formula One Dynasty boxes were made for the first release ever and sat there and it said 1,000. I'm pretty sure those things would be way more expensive, assuming that a bunch of them already been ripped too. Um, obviously, there's probably more than 1,000 of those. But 
I click here. I view my bids. I'm very open to show that I bid five fifty for one of the boxes and six seventy five for the other. I don't think either of these are going to match. I just did it just cause and to see if they do match, because I'm pretty sure that all these are going to sell for over a thousand or over. I mean, there's only eight hundred boxes. You have to assume there's plenty of people who've been bidding a thousand or over on these. Um, the NFT community is huge. There's going to be NFT people buying these who don't even collect sports cards. So it's going to bring in a whole new market into this too, to understand that. Now, there's really not much more to show other than this. You know, like, I think this is really unique, showing us transparent data. But like I said, the reason to understand that and it's just to see how it works is physically um, for that reason that, that this could happen in sports cards. I want to read Dave Cards or Dave's Cards 32. He's appeared on the podcast many times here on the Slapstacks live show. Of course, the Spider-Man PSA 9 seller when it went for the first huge amount of 72K. His comment was, my understanding is that this is more than just the Gary V cards and we may be bearing the lead. How I, how I understand this, how I understand it is that this may be the platform and method Fanatics and Josh Luber will use in the future. I'm more interested in the form, fit, and function of the site and how things are executed. Starting things now allows them a nice amount of time to work out any kinks on the system before they're starting to release sports product. Nate, what do you think about that? Um, I think I think it's a good idea. I know a lot of people excited about Fanatics and excited about Fanatics buying tops. And then to see the first thing be an NFT project from Gary V, I know a lot of people were upset, mm-hmm. right? It's not, it's not sports related and that's what they wanted. Um, but I do think it was very smart by them because you can take something that is, it has less risk, right? You know, if you botch a, if you botch a top series one release on here, or if you botch, whatever else, you know, down the line on here, uh, people are going to be super angry. If you botch this Gary V thing first time and then have other times to fix it, a lot less angry people, still angry people because there'll be huge amounts of money being spent because there's only 800 boxes available. Um, when, you say, when, when you say botch, are you more speaking to like the technology breaking or something? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. I don't think I don't think Fanatics is gonna like have a bad product or anything, but technology we've seen goes awry. Uh, with everything. It doesn't matter with, who it is. Any with, biggest companies in the world, smallest companies in the world, doesn't matter. Correct. And until you run through something you don't know, you know, you're not you don't have every single problem that's gonna ha- arise figured out in testing. Right? Yeah. Sometimes there's just things that happen. And so you start with something little like this. I mean, not little in price. You know, if they sell for $1,000 a box, it's $800,000 in their pockets, right? That's not that's not a small sum. It's a small sum for a company like Fanatics that I just saw was valued at $22 billion, $25 billion. Well, yeah, I think it's 25. They just raised $1.25 billion, I think. Yeah, so a, a small sum to them, but... Um, I don't know. I, I I like that they're starting out this way. And and as for as for starting out with V friends, like what else were they going to start out with? An NFT project is perfect, I think. Here's the other thing too: is clearly like going into this when Finax gets the licenses. When Finax, I see you putting those hands back in your pocket. <laughs> <laughs> when Finax gets the licenses, when they buy tops, like there's no secret that they're going to integrate NFTs more integrate the digital community more. They already sold the Mickey Mantle NFT for over 400 grand, which outpaces a PSA 7 
actual card from 1952, which I wasn't on the live show to share what I thought about that. But, dude, if I could have a real 52 mantle PSA 7, gosh, that would just be, like, the pinnacle of collecting, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, that, that's just crazy to me. But you, you see that they're going that way, and I think that a lot of it is going to be good. And I'm not even an NFT collector. Like, I don't own any NFTs. I don't buy NFTs. I'm a through-and-through sports card collector. I put bids on this because I want to see what happens with this release. If I get the product, there's a high chance I end up selling the boxes to buy more normal sports cards. Um, But basically, what I'm trying to say is that they're trying to bring all these communities together because there's, there's crossover between the two. People like each thing for different reasons. But there's a lot of money between the two. There's a lot of money being spent on NFTs. There's a lot of money being spent on cards. So why not try and merge the communities together? We'll see how it works with, with the actual members of the community. But um, I'm I'm intrigued to say the least because think about it. If Fanatics releases this Gary V V Friends project like this, and then they also release next their Tops Dynasty MLB product or whatever it might be, their high-end MLB release through this, and all those people have bought this V Friends product get an email that the MLB product is coming, even if 10% of those people that never bought sports cards before come and buy the uh, box of Dynasty MLB, that's a lot more money into the baseball market. That's a lot more money into the Topps Dynasty market. So I think that while on the surface and you read through the Instagram comments, a lot of people like Nate said are like, dude, what the heck? Like, we're kind of trusting you to like take our hobby into the next realm to not ruin it, to not do all this. I know that Josh Luber and Finax have came on and said that they're going to be very mindful about the card shop in the future, which is good to hear um, from, from them directly. I don't think that this is a bad thing at all. I think that this is a thing. If you like it, buy it. If you don't, don't. But know that this will have an effect on the market in the future when they start to release sports card releases. And I don't think that this is going to be the method how they're going to release Series 1 tops. You know, there's just too much product to do it this way. Um, but I do think that they'll go towards this for higher end product, which think about it, Nate, like you might see NT basketball boxes one day if for whatever, whatever reason they get the Panini brand or whatever they make for basketball, they're high end set. Sell for like 15 grand through this, or you see them sell for like 500 bucks if everyone's like, hey, it's just worth $500. So, because really yeah. the, the market does determine this. Now, the other problem is, is if there's not enough product, it's just going to be the super rich people who can spend a bunch of money determining how much it is too. So like there's there's pros and cons to it all. It's not like that this is like a hundred thousand boxes of Topps Chrome Formula One that the market can physically sit there and there's not enough bids to make it super expensive. But that that's what I got on this. I don't know Nate, any other thoughts on on the release or do you want to go ahead? One thought on the release and one thought on the uh, distribution. Um, I'm really curious as to what access tokens are the Gunmetal 33 unique unique card access tokens because that seems like. Uh, Vince and I just talked about utility of NFTs. NFT has a utility. It seems like it's worth more. The V Friends, obviously, you get to go to the VCon, um, the golf course one that I like that you buy in and you become a member of the golf course. Like that stuff's pretty cool to me. Just owning a picture of an ape. Not eh, as much. Not as much. Not as much. So I am curious what these um these unique tokens are or whatever, what were they called? Access tokens. Because that seems like they might have a utility to them. So you buy into this, you're one of the people that hits it and you get, you know, something more than just the cards out of it and the resale value of the cards out of it. Sort of like the tops dynasty tickets. Um, you know, the top that you go to the, uh, the party 
every year you get a ticket in your in your case one per case you you mean transcendent not touch or transcendent party yeah thank you um similar to that so we'll see obviously there's only 33 which seems like a strange number so maybe there's a 33 person party that's going to be happening uh with gary v somewhere in new york later on the future obviously there's a thousand boxes 800 they said that the boxes were packed um via automation so you know 200 of those boxes that are left over who knows if those are going to have the tokens in them too so i'm curious about that and then lastly i'm curious about again what's going to happen to distribution companies because when they bought when Fanax bought all the rights and tops, you know, the first thought was what's going to happen to distribution companies because Finax has their own distribution network for all their clothing. And now you get to something like this where they're doing a blind auction. And obviously this 800 boxes is a lot smaller process than if you were doing something like 30,000 tops hobby boxes or something like mm-hmm. that or tops flagship. But this has to make this has to make distributors a little bit nervous. At least for the high end products, I mean, they probably make a huge sum on margin on the high end NT basketball, whatever high end baseball products going to come out. So yeah, I mean, it, it probably is. Um, and you know, Panini's already been going that route with the first off the line, but also that's an addition to, you know. So we'll see if there's like an in addition to, or if like this is it, you know. But I don't know. We'll see. That's a good point. Um, I feel like I had one more point, but now, oh, I, I was thinking the access tokens. Yeah. Who knows what they're going to be for this? 33. No idea. In sports releases though, if there's some sort of access tokens, think about how integrated Michael Rubin is with the 76ers. Oh yeah. What if there's access tokens to get like two courtside seats to a game or something like that? That and like, would uh, be amazing. Or he could probably get courtside seats to literally any arena. It could be like two courtside seats to any any game you want to go to in any arena type of thing. I mean, he's yeah, a part owner. I, I think that'd be super interesting. I think that'd be even more interesting if they start to merge like the whole NFT thing with the physical cards that like interact with then tickets to a game. I don't know. Would be kind of yeah. cool. And that's or you super... get you get written into that Joel Embiid's next contract that uh he has to do one meet and greet per year with a fanatics customer or something, you know, that type of thing. Yeah. That'd be interesting. I don't know. There's a lot of possibility when, when there's that much integration between owner and sports world. So mm-hmm. hopefully something like that starts to come because I think it will even more legitimize the market and just make people more excited uh, to open product, to collect cards, to see what else is out there. Yeah, I agree. Now onto some big NFL updates because yesterday, sorry, Tuesday, I keep saying yesterday, Aaron Rodgers, in the morning, it was announced via Pat McAfee that he is going to be returning to Green Bay. After that, Ian Rappaport from NFL Network tweeted that it will be a record-breaking $200 million contract over four years, which has now been reported to be false by both Pat McAfee and Aaron Rodgers, uh, which was coming from Aaron Rodgers to start. And we don't, we still don't know what the contract situation is yet. We don't know if it's going to be $10 million or the full $50 million, which just sounds like that that's not it if Rodgers comes on and says it's false. So I think we can assume that it's not going to be $200 million for four years. But do we even know how many years Maybe it'll it is be $250 million for five years. See, we don't even know how many years it is either now. We, like, can't, we might not be able to assume it's actually four years. 
Because that would take him through what age 42, I'm pretty sure. 39, 41. Sorry, 39, 40, 41, 42. Yeah, he'll be he'll be 39 next December. Yeah. So yeah. So they would then. Um so but with Aaron Rodgers, we'll cover that trade first. I not sure, sorry, not trade. The the re-signing, the then franchise tag, Devontae Adams. There's clearly a loser in this situation. I don't know if there's necessarily a winner in the market because I'm not so sold on that this will make Aaron Rodgers' market go crazy. But Jordan Love is a clear loser here. Obvious loser. People were spending loads of money on his rookies expecting Rodgers to leave, either by retirement or trade to the Broncos or Steelers or something. And his most recent National Treasures rookie patch autos, number 99, raw copies. They're selling for $6,500. Even even with him starting in Green Bay, dude, you, you have to be so good to keep up an NTRPA of $6,500 when Matthew Stafford RPAs after winning a Super Bowl. Like BGS 9s are like, I don't know, 5K. Well, that, that's a different time period, though. We're talking about a 2010 card compared to a 2020 card, right? 2009. But, 2009. But, I yeah, I get it. But come on. It's just, I don't know. It's tough. It's tough to compare. It's tough to compare those two guys. Fine, fine, fine. It's tough to compare. But what I will say is this. I need to know who went on eBay and after Aaron Rodgers got re-signed, paid $11,500 for a BGS 9.5 Jordan Love RPA after Rodgers re-signed. That is the only 9.5 to sell of a Love NTRPA and sold yesterday for 11,500 after the last two raw sales before he re-signed were 6.5k. Well, you know what they're banking on? A trade to the Steelers or the Broncos. Not Broncos anymore, the Russell Not Broncos Wilson. anymore, but they're yeah. they're banking on a trade because you have you have Rodgers four years, you've used up two years of Jordan Love's contract, which means you've got two more years and then the fifth year option um which obviously means he'd be a free agent before Rodgers' new deal is done. So it's unlikely that the Packers, from my standpoint, Mark Tauscher would disagree with me because I saw a tweet from Mark Tauscher today and he said, why would you trade Jordan Love? But from where I'm at, Jordan Love is making first-round money as a backup quarterback. Yeah, you trade, that, you trade that away. You sign a different backup quarterback for significantly cheaper and you just pray that Aaron Rodgers doesn't get injured anyways because if Aaron Rodgers gets injured, you're not going to be good – no matter who your backup quarterback was, Jordan Love or somebody else. And then you take Jordan Love, you get a second or a third. Um, I was reading a Ringer article. I think it was a Ringer article the other day. And they talked about how the Dolphins, the Dolphins gave up a second round pick for Josh Rosen after he performed really poorly in Arizona. So it's likely that we might be able to secure a second round pick for Jordan Love because while he was bad, he was not nearly as bad as Josh Rosen. And so... um, and and Love's only real performances were thrown into the fire. Yeah. Yeah. He got thrown in against the Chiefs. And then, I mean, second half of a game against the Lions. And the Lions were the best, like, two, three-win team I've ever seen. They had a lot of close games. Yeah. So, one of those things where it's likely they're betting on Jordan Love ending up with a team that needs a quarterback that is willing to trade a second or maybe a low third round pick for. So the thing about the NTRPA, the 9.5 is like a best offer. You know, 
sometimes, you know, if that 9.5 auction yesterday would have hit 11,500, you would have needed to have two people who were bidding on that to get to that. Probably not. But there was an Optic Hollow Rookie Auto that was auction number out of 99 that sold for $225. On February 16th, it sold for $400, so almost a 50% drop. But on January 29th, which is still after the Packers were eliminated, it sold for $225. So I kind of feel like that the $400 on February 16th, whoever bought that was Banky and Rogers moving on also. Now that he didn't, $225 again. Um, so that is a slight drop in that. I'm sure we're going to see drops across the board and everything. It's like less than $400. Even the stuff that's $1,000 will drop too, I'm pretty sure. Uh, but on the flip side, Rodgers, his 2005 Topps Chrome rookie PSA 9 sold for $800 and buy it now once he announced he was coming back or once it was announced. That's a 31% gain in the last few weeks, but that's a quite significant drop from January when the Packers were Super Bowl favorites at the time. Middle of January, it was 1,250 to like 1,300. Went down to like 650. Now it's back up to 800. Really quick thoughts, Nate. Rodgers re-signing, spending the last four years, if it is a four-year contract in Green Bay. Let's say he doesn't win a Super Bowl. Does it do anything for this market that he stayed with the same team his entire career? I think so. I think so. I think people will look back fondly and when he retires. Disappointed in the lack of Super Bowls, but then they'll see the highlights and they'll know he's a Packer the entire time. And and it will be important to Packer fans. Oh, super important. It'll be super important. What would you rather spend money on, a Brett Favre card when you know he played for the Jets and the Vikings after the Packers or Aaron Rodgers? Yeah, I, I feel that. Now, if he does win a Super Bowl, let's say that the Packers come out with a Super Bowl this year for because they restructure all the contracts, they get like the whole squad back. And now they got all this fire, and they're like, we can't do this again. We can't flop. I think that that probably sends his market into, like, the, you know, not Brady range, obviously, but, like, the next best range after Brady. And I think it'd just be such a big deal if he, like, physically came back and said, you know, all these people are hating on myself, the Packers. We're going to come on and prove it and does it, especially in the first year. Also, is there any thought that goes through your mind that if he comes back in the first year, he wins a Super Bowl, he'll retire right after that? Possibly. It depends on how much money's left on his contract, though. I would find it probably hard. If it truly is a four-year, $200 million deal with $153 million guaranteed, probably pretty hard to walk away from another you know, $100 million in two for two years. Yeah. I, I, I agree with you, and I think the same. But there's just like that small thing in my head that he might do that. <laughs> but that also requires winning the Super Bowl first. Uh, one last point on Aaron Rodgers just to get this off my chest. Part of me was like, you know, it'd be kind of nice to trade him, get a bunch of first round picks, get a, get a guy like a Noah Fant that the Seahawks got and see what Jordan Love does. And then if it doesn't work, draft our next guy or trade for the next guy. But then you think back and you think back to like the Colts trading for Carson Wentz. Didn't work out. The, the Dolphins trading for Josh Rosen didn't work out. And then they draft Tua. He's not good. Uh, the Eagles drafting Jalen Hurts second round. He's not good. And you see all these teams that are struggling to get their quarterback. And it's just like, all right, maybe, maybe I would rather uh, have four more years of Aaron Rodgers and whatever happens after that happens after that, because I'd rather have four more years of good football than having to sit through the next four years and see if we can get a quarterback. Cause even if you draft number one, Baker Mayfield, the Browns might be moving on from Baker. So yeah. hard to get a quarterback nowadays. 
I agree. Speaking about hard to get a quarterback, the Broncos tried a couple times between Drew Locke and Tay Bridgewater. And, and now Brock Osweiler. Oh, Brock Osweiler. Oh Who gosh. was drafted. Get this. He was drafted before Russell Wilson. <laughs> that is funny. It's very funny. Um, a lot same of quarterbacks draft. were drafted before Russell Wilson, though. He's a third-round pick, I'm pretty sure, right? No, I know, but it's just same draft. Uh, same position. But yeah. Brock Osweiler was 6'5", and John Elway has to have a 6'5 quarterback. Until today. Until today, when Russell Wilson is now a member of the Broncos officially, with the Seahawks sending Drew Locke, Noah Fant, Shelby Harris, two first-round picks, two second-round picks, and a fifth-round pick to the Seahawks. And Denver receives Russell Wilson and a fourth-round pick. Nate, quick thoughts. Who won, who lost? Oh, it's tough to say. Um, The Seahawks are really bad at drafting. They've been really bad at drafting for like the last seven years. So you gave up your best player. You kept your coach, and you got picks, and you haven't proven to be able to do anything with picks. They got to so, get rid. Of, they got to get rid of Pete Carroll. They just got to start over now. It, it blows my mind. I was reading. I was reading another article about that, and um, a part of an article because it was it was uh, paywall protected, and they were talking about how Pete Carroll has this identity of really good defense, strong running game. And because of Russell Wilson, they kind of got away from that, and he wants to get back to that because that's how he thinks you can win in the NFL, except that today's NFL is not the same NFL as five years ago or ten years ago. And Pete Carroll is antiquated and hasn't been able to adapt, and yet somehow the Seahawks decided instead of keeping the uh, probably Hall of Fame quarterback at age 33 and having him for another six, seven years, they kept Pete Carroll, who's like the oldest coach in the NFL, can't adapt it blows my mind. It blows my mind that they they decided that Pete Carroll's way of winning is the right way. They're keeping him and getting rid of Russell Wilson when you could have got Russell Wilson a good coach, probably taken the exact same team and been a playoff team. Yeah, and also get some offensive linemen too. Um, I I don't know what's going on and, there. And they can't they can't draft every offensive lineman they draft stinks. Yeah, most players what? they draft stink. So, like, it's not like these extra picks are the last four first-round picks. They've had four first-round picks in the last, like, ten years. They've all been bad. You heard it right there from Nate. And then uh, they used their first-round picks to trade for Jamal Adams, a safety. <laughs> I, I heard about that. Like, safeties just aren't important. <laughs> nope. Uh, what is good, though, is people who have bought Russell Wilson cards after a not-good Seahawks year and an injured Russell Wilson year, at least for, like, six weeks, uh, because if you bought his 2012 Topps Chrome Prism Rookie numbered out of 216 PSA 10, it sold for $1,700 yesterday after the trade. But if you bought it as soon as February 21st, it was 1051 That's a wow. 62% jump in like three weeks. That's impressive. Which is good. Of course, all his data via card ladder, sales history tool, super good tool if you have not checked it already. Uh, feel free to go check out a free trial with the link in the description of this video because um, it took me like no time to find all these sales. But Russell Wilson cards, hot as expected because I'm pretty sure if Rodgers got traded to the Broncos, people would think that they're going to win the Super Bowl just because that's how people are after big trades, just how they think the 76ers are going to win the NBA championship, which might have a little bit more weight now seeing how good Harden and Embiid are together, even though I don't want them to Dude, win at all. Tyrese Maxey, man. Ty- okay, Ty- Tyrese Maxey is like the biggest winner of that trade. I know, I know. I love I love me some Tyrese Maxey. He's like the only guy I actually like on the Sixers. Uh, 
of course, then they have like my most two most disliked players with Harden and Embiid. Uh, but on the flip side, a non-quarterback, Jerry Judy, putting a really good quarterback, Russell Wilson, on this team has helped a lot with Jerry Judy's card market because the 2020 Prism Silver Rookie Auto PSA 10, three of them sold yesterday, 500, 350, 350 wow. for an average of $400. On January 4th, 2022, it was 150 bucks. It's 167% rise in two months. For Jerry yeah, it's amazing. So remember, sometimes it doesn't have to be the expensive quarterback. You don't have to go and buy the thousand dollar Russell Wilson card. Now, maybe back in January, you wouldn't have forecasted like a Rodgers ending up in the Broncos or like a Wilson, given that the Packers were supposed to win the Super Bowl or something like that. So maybe you thought, oh, no way that Rodgers is coming here after that. But, uh, you know, forecasting how supporting players move after big big quarterbacks land on a new team could work just as well and cost not as much. So what you're telling me is I should go buy like a Chase Claypool um, in the inevitable Jordan Love trade there? Should well, boost Chase Claypool cards? I don't know. Jordan Love doesn't ring the bell like Russell Wilson does. <laughs> what about Deshaun Watson? I'll have to wait to see what happens with that. Ooh, he's about uh, – I saw he's uh, a bunch of women are getting subpoenaed to appear in court to testify against him to see if criminal charges are going to be brought against him. I mean, that's what the fu- – that, that's all going to determine his NFL future, right? I mean, I don't know exactly what's going to happen. I don't think anyone really does. But we'll figure out and, uh, I guess, update based on that. If, yep. he's done, if he's done in the NFL, his cards are literally going to go to zero. Like oh, yeah. Andrew Luck. Andrew Luck who had a great career and is retired early, his cards are like nothing now. Some guy that faces 20 allegations and then all they come true and then his career is done, definitely are not going to be worth it. Going to drop even quicker. Exactly. Exactly. Here we are with our FlipQuest 2022. This is going to be episode 8 coming up this Sunday on YouTube Live. We'll be live at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time, live bidding and selling in the PWCC weekly auction. As always, we are partners with PWCC. Um, but fully believe in this platform and think it's a great way uh, to both buy and sell cards. I've had an amazing experience over the last, you know, the start of 2022 with the new weekly auction. But last year, the monthly auction was awesome. And I'm really excited for another episode. So the first thing we're going to do this week is we're going to highlight five different items in this auction that we think are going to be indicative of the market to come. And 2018 Heritage, Juan Soto, Auto, Red Ink, uh, 69, BGS 9.5. Nate, how big is this card in your books? Oh, when you're talking about autos specifically, red ink is like a step below Bowman Chrome. Bowman Chrome, what? What color? Mm, I'd say blue and lower. So blue, green, red, orange, gold, you know. Well, uh, I'd probably, what? I was going to say, I'd take this over a green, but that's just me. Well, greens and blues usually go for the same price, but I'd probably take this over a purple. Yeah. Over a refractor, over to base. Just an incredible card. Incredible card. The red ink really pops with the red armbands there. Red and white jersey. Love it. So this card, it ends in four days on Sunday, obviously. It's already at $6,500 is the current bid on it. The last time we saw one of these sell, it was a BGS nine on October third, twenty twenty one for four thousand seventy seven. 
Nate, throw out a prediction here and what you think this might go for based on that and think about how much the baseball markets, at least the high-end baseball markets, risen since then. Hmm. So the X-Fractor of 99 PSA 10 from Topscrum updated 9K last week. Wow. Wait, wasn't it 9, I think? Pretty sure it was 9. I don't remember. I don't know. I never actually even checked. What did the gold do for the week before? Do you remember? Uh, the X-Fractor, X-Fractor did 9. I was right there. And the goal, I think, did like 20-something. Yeah, 20,400. 20,400. I think this probably settles in at 12K. Oh, that was going to be my guess. It was like 12,300 right around there. All right. I'm at 12 on the dot. You're at 12.3. We'll find out who's right. So you said purple auto. This You take this over a purple auto? Yeah. So the last Purple Auto 9.5 sold for 8750 on February 16th. One of the last Blue Auto sold for. I'm guessing the last Blue Auto sold for like 16000 or something like that. 18.25K on January 8th. Car Ladder Estimate now has it at 21825 Oh, wow. So technically, you're right when you said it lands between the two. A little, like better than a purple, but worse than a blue. And what I wonder what a green sold for. I, this is just good good learning here to see. Hey, how... I know my I know my baseball cards. Never doubt. So now the last green sold for ten thousand two hundred fifty on January eighth. Oh wow! So that also that pretty much puts it. Car ladder estimates at fourteen k on the green. I'd say that I was kind of right saying this is similar to a green. You did. Actually, that's strange because when when you get lower end cards, greens and blues usually sell for the same. Yeah, but when, when a blue is like two hundred dollars, a green's usually like two hundred dollars. But, but, but I guess when you get really high up there, doesn't hold weight. Yeah, it's it's just what you see with the jersey number too. The more expensive the card gets, if it's a high end player, the jersey number brings so much more value in the high end market than like the lower end market. And uh, just kind of seeing that here, too. Our next market watch for this Sunday is the DeMar DeRozan 2009 National Treasures RPA of 99 with the PSA 9 grade. So the last two sales of this was a raw copy for 2280 on February 25th. But a BGS 9 sold for 3550 on January 15th, 2022. Now, this is currently at 1125 DeMar DeRozan. One of the, I'd say, more impressive NBA storylines of the season, or maybe the most impressive storyline of this season, leading the Chicago Bulls currently to a three seed, I think, in the East or two seed, maybe, depending on if the Bucks just pass it or not. Um, and obviously, in real stats, he had like 10 straight games with over 30 points. Nate, tell me this What is the Bulls' record against the top three seeds in each conference this season, the regular season? I think I saw this the other day, like one and seven. No. It's 0-14. Oh. They have not beat one of the top three seeds in either conference yet this season. Now, the Bulls obviously have been a fun storyline. DeMar DeRozan's been a fun storyline. But you can't make it to the NBA Finals or even in the Eastern Conference Finals unless you beat one of the top three seeds. Anyway, you chop it up. Um, is that going to say they can, that they're going to lose every single game in the playoffs in the top three seed in either conference? No. But just a very interesting stat to think about because sometimes you get these teams that just whoop up on the not great teams and then lose to all the good teams, and this might be one of those teams 
Um, although I don't want to say that and that backfires. I'm a Bucks fan. The Bulls lose to the Bucks. That'd be really sad. But uh, I think that my whole point with this DeMar Rosen isn't to clown the Bulls for not beating the top three seeds. But, Nate, we talk about this a lot of baseball. And you bring up buying Bowman Chrome first prospects and flipping before they even hit the MLB because it's a market such a what can you do for me in the future versus what are you doing for me now type of deal, mm-hmm. which is also which is very true. But I think that DeMar, DeMar DeRozan this year validates buying older veteran players that have been undervalued for a long time in hopes that they can break out onto the scene. And I'm not saying this is going to go for every single player in the market or every single veteran that ever does really well or that contributes to a winning team. Buying this thing is really good to see that players that in the sports world contribute greatly can gain value in the card market, even if they're not, even if they're on their third team, even if they're not one of the best young prospects in the NBA, because sometimes it just gets a little repetitive by Luca, by Luca, by Luca next year, by jaw, by jaw, by jaw, you know, it's now it's like, Oh, Hey, like, can I physically go and buy that guy in the new team that can make, that team better finally like the Bulls, which happened to Marta Rosen. Yeah, that's an interesting thought. I mean, the same thing happened with Chris Paul and the uh, Suns. He was on the Rockets. Wasn't as exciting. Gets traded to the Thunder. Becomes more exciting, but then goes to the Suns, and all of a sudden the Suns are a team to be reckoned with, and Chris Paul prices. Yeah, Chris Paul prices were massive last year going to the finals. Um, yeah. And I just think it's a, it's a cool theory. And it's kind of like a, another Bryce Harper thing, too. Like last year, he kind of resurrected his market, which was good to see also. But, of course, it's hard to, you know, if it was as easy as just guessing the next vet that changes hands and becomes good, you know, hard hard to do. Because for every Bryce Harper that you're like, oh, he's on the Phillies and he finally he finally started hitting, you know, there's a Gene Carlos Stanton that never gets healthy. You're totally right with that. All right, so our last highlight for this weekly number eight is 2018 Kaboom. So this set was a Panini reward set. If you've been a longtime viewer of the Slab Stack show on Slab Stacks Live, Storybook Cards Roberto joined to talk about the uh, PSA set registry, and he actually put together the entire 2018 Kaboom set, every single player, but also different uh parallels of them so some he'll have the base some he'll have the gold and he's selling them all through weekly auction number eight or the february premiere auction where he has the steph curry his steph curry gold and his kd gold and clay thompson gold in there plus one more i think neymar gold bgs 9.5 so not every single card in this scroll through i'm going to do is roberto's but all of them just throughout this search 2018 kaboom plus the premiere makes up the full set. Uh, the highest bid card is Josh Allen, although I don't know if that one's his because I think that his was great by PSA. I could be wrong. That could be Roberto's. Um, but he's got the gold Plizic out of 10, gold Booker. Like, there's just an incredible amount of kabooms on this page. Gold Eloy, Nate. I love that. Uh, there's a Trey Young from Crown Royale, so it's not part of the set. But if you were looking to put together the set, you could physically put together the set of every single card that's live in February or in March here from Roberto's set, which is really cool to see him come through and collect the entire thing. And now he's selling it out to move on and find more different. Uh, what do you say? Was that Tim Tebow? That is Tim Tebow. Sure enough. There it is. Uh, you know, he said he's selling the set to go and chase other card ventures. I know. So sometimes the thrill is in the chase. Once you put together the full set of 50, 
and you're just looking at it, it's like, hey, time to chase something new. So that's what's up. But uh, I like I, I got no idea how much all these going to sell for. It's 50 different cards to put together evaluation. All that is is very difficult, but it'll be fun to track and see. Um, and quite impressive to say the least. I've never actually physically sat down and completed a whole set of anything. I've tried to do, I mean, maybe I've had like a base set from when I was younger of like a 2008 Topps football or something, but like something high end like this. And I imagine that it's pretty difficult to do and is very expensive. So shout out to Roberto, crazy set. Good luck with the salesman. And uh, we'll, we'll uh, have a fun time tracking it, no doubt. Our first card of the FlipQuest 2022 did sell through <laughs> last week's auction on Sunday. This is the notorious Jalen Brown Silver Prism PSA 10. The very first episode ever, I was going through, I was placing bids for the auction to qualify for extended bidding, and your boy didn't notice that this one said 400 and, or 500 and some dollars and placed a very large bid when I did not mean to. I was bidding like $12 and everything, and for some reason, Jalen Brown Silver PSA 10 was already at $410, whatever it was before the buyer's premium, and we won it and uh, sold it last week. And Jalen Brown was doing pretty well, but uh, since Jason Tame has now had an insane last two months, Brown hasn't been doing as well, and we lost uh, 29% on it. So, shout out me for losing us a little bit of money to start the FlipQuest 2022. Currently, we are, uh, what are we down on that? So, we got 364 after the uh, after the buyer's premium. Um, 420 was the official sold price, but after fees, we got 364. And uh, we... Took a nice $152 loss, so I'll take the one on the chin right there. They they say they say that you don't know um, what you're made of until you uh, face adversity. So our flip class, we didn't know what it was made of until we start in the hole. Exactly. Start in the hole, start $150 down and only up for here is what I say. Or or we keep going down, we lose $150 on every card. Every week, baby. <laughs> oh, that would be make for a very tragic flip class 2022. <laughs> As for last week, if you weren't there watching on Sunday, three cards were won, two for the flip quest. I'm shipping this one home to me. I'm going to buy it for my PC. Uh, that is going to go in a nice little display shelf. A cool little locomotive there. It says Chicago, Milwaukee, St. Paul on it. Super cool. Pumped about that. PSA 9 from 1955. But these two cards here, Nate has got all of his shine last week because we won two injured players on his fantasy basketball team. You know how much Nate loves his fantasy basketball team and how terrible they are I, right now. I did. Baseball. I did love my fantasy basketball team. Yeah, until Chris Paul, Bradley Beal, and Jared Allen all said, screw you, Nate. <laughs> We're yep. going home. Pretty much. <laughs> so we snagged a sweet, rare Chris Paul rookie number out of 89 BGS 9.5 and a Bradley Beal rookie patch or rookie jersey auto numbered out of 199 SGC 9 with the 10 auto. Combined around uh, $870. I don't think it's bad at all considering the last Raw Chris Paul sold for like 500 and the last Bradley Beal uh, sold for like PSA 10 sold for like 800. So hopefully when these guys come back from injury, I know Bradley Beal will be next season, but Chris Paul at least should make a little bit of money in that with how good the Suns are in the playoffs. I, I would agree. Um, seven, six and a half weeks left max of this, of his recovery time. If it's the six weeks, then he's got about four and a half weeks left of recovery time. He'll be back for the playoffs. They'll do some damage. Uh, should see a nice boost. And as for Bradley Beal, he might get traded. He might get traded in the offseason. And we, we've we seen from Russell Wilson, that's an instant boost. Trade would be really nice. Imagine if the Lakers reshuffling their rosters, bringing in Bradley Beal. Bro, that card would triple overnight. Russell Westbrook ends up on the Wizards. Again. Again. Wizards fans just in shambles. 
<laughs> but uh, that was the winnings from from weekly auction number seven. Be sure to tune into our weekly auction number eight live stream on Sunday at nine forty five p.m. Eastern time, and we will break down all the cards we talked about in this video. Plus, trying to buy, and we have some cards coming up for sale. So come on Sunday to see what we are buying and selling. Who's hot? Jason Tatum. We just talked about him like five minutes ago, and he has been very hot. He's been dropping some big numbers. He had a fifty-four point game against the Brooklyn Nets on Sunday, and KD had a really good game too. But uh, man, the the Celtics have really turned it around because they were not doing well earlier. They also made an addition of uh, Derek White at the trade deadline, and who knows? Maybe they maybe they go on a little run. I don't know. I don't really want them to as a Bucks fan, but also wouldn't mind them knocking out a 76ers squad if somehow they get matched up with them before us or something. I don't know. I don't think they would do that either. But as for Tames, 2020-17 Prism Silver Rookie PSA 10, the last sale was on March 8th for 1025 Now, if you remember this card, Nate was bringing this up against Anthony Davis from like our first weekly slab ever, I think, or second. And back then, I think we deb debuted this show in December around there. It was like a $1,200 card. Now it's 1025 but from the little low point here of 815 on February 24th, he's been super hot recently at, at 815 It's raised or gained $450. No, that's sorry. I thought that was $1,250. $200 in that span. So it's nothing crazy, nothing crazy, but that's a nice little rise there at the very end of the graph. And uh, this is a Prism Silver PSA 10. There was an announcement that Collectible got a buyout offer on their 2017 Flawless RPA out of 5 PSA 10, 10 for 85K on Tatum. So clearly the market is kind of picking up from some steam. We do have a Tatum ending in like two weeks, I think, in the weekly auction from our first FlipQuest episode. So we'd love to see this run continue for Tatum and uh, get that sale to go for a little bit higher. How about that? Make up for that Jalen Brown money. That's right. The Celtics evening them each other out. And then we don't have to touch a Celtic ever again. I sure hope so. As for who's not, we have the 2014 Prism, Cristiano Ronaldo, PSA 10. It has not been a great season for Ronaldo or Manchester United more specifically uh, because they're struggling. They're struggling hard. And Nate's Arsenal is now ahead of them in the Premier League table uh, to make the Champions League. So Arsenal's sitting at four right now. I really see no way that Manchester United passes them uh, with Arsenal. They have two games in hand also, I think. And uh, United is struggling super badly right now, playing the Champions League, I think, next week. And uh, we'll see what happens there. But this last sale on the Prism PSA 10, this is the base, and it sold for 157 But as you can see, in the last six months, the card's gotten crushed, down 46%. Um, if you look at the pop chart here, it hasn't risen an insane amount in the last two months. But in the last six months, it's definitely done some damage. I guess six months would be around here. Probably right, uh, gaining like 200 and some PSA 10s. And as you can see, minus 46%, but more recently, kind of jumped to 270 there out of the blue. But this is the lowest point it's been potentially ever. Oh, yeah, $2. Not, not ever. I should say in the last year for sure. So here we are, the last year it's dropped 83%. And uh, obviously a lot of that is due to the addition of PSA 10s to the market. So much supply goes into the market. You can only gain so much value out of it. But that's where we're at. Ronaldo is the uh, who's not for the week. But keep in mind. He's the new washed king. People say messy too. But I, I will say this is a base PSA 10. This is not to say Ronaldo's strong market of high end and rookies and autos is, is dropping because that stuff's still very hot. But in reality, when you have a ton of stuff that sells all the time, the player's not playing well. It's not a good recipe at all. 
And uh, right here, we're seeing that too. What is up, everybody? It's Zach from Matt Premier Soccer Investing coming at you with yet another Slap Socks FC YouTube video. Let's get into it. So, Panini Prison Premier League uh, dropped this past week uh, on Panini's site. Hobby Boxes retailing at a price of $325. Has 12 packs, 12 cards per pack. Each box on average contains one auto, four silver prisms, five numbered hobby exclusive prisms, eight additional hobby prisms, and six inserts. And this is the product that will give you uh, dual autographs and the ever-popular Color Blast. However, is there value in this product? Not a huge amount if you're not hitting a big Color Blast, which is a case hit, or like these big dual autographs. As the rookie class in this product is very, very weak. You have guys with a lot of potential in it, like a, a Balagoon from Arsenal, but he's, he's not even playing for Arsenal right now. He's on loan. He possibly could play for the U.S. at some point down the road. Uh, Harvey El Elliott with Liverpool and Michael Olise with Crystal Palace, but these are not names that jump out of the screen at you. They're really not James names that implore you to put your money in them. So a relatively rookie class means a relatively weak product. That's what we have with this Prism Premier League. But still, if you love Prism, you love collecting that stuff, you want to try to hit the color blast, it's a good product for that. Moving on, big week in the Champions League, Bayern Munich playing RB Salzburg. This game was 1-1 going into the second leg at the Allianz Arena, and Bayern just absolutely smashed Salzburg, as you can see. 7-1 win. Though, shout-out Brendan Aronson getting another assist for Salzburg. The American continues to play very, very well. Um, yeah, I mean, everyone expected Bayern to go through, maybe not by this amount, and Bayern gets another 8-2, this time on aggregate in Europe, but they continue to do it. They're going to be a tough out in the Champions League. They know what it takes to win that trophy. They have some killers like Lewandowski, Nabry, Muller, and they're going to be tough for any team they face moving forwards. Moving on, City smashed Sporting in the first leg, 5-0. Had a little bit of a walk in the park today, a training ground session almost against Sporting with the second leg going 0-0. City again, they're going to be tough too. That's the last thing that that Sporting project has not won since they've been bought uh, by their Saudi owners, and that's why Pep Guardiola was brought into this team to win the Premier League and to really win the Champions League. And this this might be the best year for them to do it. We will see. They're they're playing very well. They're leading the Premier League title race yet again, and they're going to be right there in Europe too. And then we had Inter, who made a who made a game of it in the second leg, getting a getting that goal from Latoro Martinez. Uh, making Liverpool sweat out the last half hour or so, but Liverpool gets through two on aggregate, two to one. And they're another team that knows how to win the Champions League. And they, they're they going to be tough too. Klopp always has his boys ready to go in Europe. So it's going to be shaping up for an exciting quarterfinals moving forward. And then the biggest game of this Champions League, biggest tie of the round of 16, Real Madrid versus PSG. And what a, what a game, what a topsy-turvy game it was today. Killing Bappe, again, absolutely magnificent, scored a goal, had another two disallowed, looks again like the best player in the world. Messi was very good throughout for PSG, his movement, pulling the Real Madrid defenders away, dropping deep, playing in that playmaker role. Neymar had a bit of a quiet game, but PSG capitulated in Europe yet again, and ha as they have done in the past with Donnarumma 
gifting Benzema a goal and then Marquinhos giving him another two. A great performance, though, by Benzema. His energy, his pressing, his finishing. Modric, too, came up huge down the stretch, showing his quality, showing why he was a Ballon d'Or winner. And, yeah, this is Madrid. This is what Madrid does in the Champions League. They know how to win. At the Bernabeu, too, endless speculation about Mbappe, the treatment he got from the Real Madrid fans today, giving him ovations before the match. They're really trying to woo him. And at this point, I, I don't see a scenario where he stays at PSG after losing to Real Madrid in the fashion that they did, which leaves me to have to talk about PSG and the sporting project that's going on there. When they were bought by the Qatari owners about 10 years ago now, they had one remit and one remit only, and that was to win the Champions League. And they've spent countless millions to do so. They play in a pretty much a joke of a domestic league that they should be able to win every year, though they've slipped up a couple times. And really, they buy these players like Neymar, Messi, and Mbappe, Di Maria to win the Champions League. And they have failed again and again and again to do so. And the only way to describe the sporting project at PSG since they came under that Qatari ownership is as an abject failure. What happened today on the pitch for them was an absolute disgrace to fold how they did to give the goals away, to not have that fight back, give up two goals in about a minute, two minutes time frame. It's a disgrace. PSG, there's going to be an inquest going on there. I expect Pochettino to lose his job at the end of the season. The sporting director, Leonardo, will probably be shown the door as well. And it's really going to be tough to see where PSG goes from here. Yes, they have Messi under contract. Yes, they have Neymar under contract. Yes, they have Di Maria under contract. But they are losing their star, the best player in the world, Kylian Mbappe, this summer. His contract is up. And they PSG has been putting out noises for months that, months that they think they're going to sign him to a new contract. But Fiorentino Perez... It's a tough, tough man. The president of Real Madrid is a tough, tough, tough man to say no to. And he's been trying his absolute hardest to get Mbappe into the Bernabeu. And it looks like that's going to happen. And this, I think what this win really signifies is the, the official end of this cycle of the PSG sporting project. I don't think they're going to be a factor in the Champions League moving forward for the next couple of years when they lose Mbappe because there's no way to replace that man. And I think this is about to signify the return of Real Madrid's dominance back to the throne of Europe as they've been there so often over the last 20 years. They might not win it this year. They probably still won't win it this year because I do believe that Manchester City and Bayern Munich are both better teams than them, but I felt the same about PSG and Real Madrid were able to get through them. So it's going to be really interesting to watch. But Real Madrid in the summer, as I've spoken about previously, will very, very likely at this point be signing Kylian Mbappe on a, on a quote-unquote free transfer. It's not really going to be free. The amount of money they're going to have to pay in agents' fees and salary and to the intermediaries and all that good stuff they're going to be paying. It's going to run them up over a couple hundred million dollars over the lifetime of the deal that Mbappe will probably sign there. But – He's obviously worth it. He's shown again today how great of a player he is. He was absolutely dominant. That goal he scored where he sat down Courtois that ha that was disallowed was out of this world in the level of quality he showed. And then Real Madrid also is very much in play for the other crown jewel of the transfer market this summer, Erling Haaland, who we're going to be comparing to uh, these two players together here. They've been a very co popular pair of players to compare the 
to compare ever since the soccer card market really took off in August of 2020. As you can see, there's been big dis price discrepancies of what are can be considered as very similar cards. And you have your 2019 Top Scrum Bundesliga base PSA 10, and you have your 2017 Top Scrum Champions League and Pop PSA 10. Erlen Holland is a bit more of those PSA 10s at 975 versus 813. And the hollow one right now is worth almost worth a little over $300 more than the Bop at $1,000 versus $683, respectively. A $400,000 different in difference in market cap. Um, but when you look at the percent change and their declines over the past years, the market's constricted as they haven't reached those heights that they did last Champions League in the spring. You see that 67% drop for Holland, 61% drop for Mbappe. It's pretty similar in value. And we go over here to look at the charts, uh, uh, courtesy of Card Ladder, where you have this great comparison tool that allows us to do that. We can see how at every point of the market of the past year, so from spring of 2021 to spring of 2022, Holland has been worth a lot more than Mbappe, which is interesting considering Mbappe does have the World Cup. His card is there's less of it than the Holland, and Holland has more big rookie cards per se than the Mbappe does. Mbappe really only has that 2017 Topps Chrome, his 2018 Prism, and the 2016 uh, Panini sticker. And Holland has multiple Champions League, the Sapphire Edition, Topps Chrome Champions League, the Bundesliga, all of that. Yet the Holland consistently stays above Mbappe. And though this gap has closed greatly, and I think it'll continue to close, and I think we're going to see Mbappe over the next year rise above Holland. You have, yes, he's out of the Champions League, but you have a big transfer to Real Madrid this summer, and then the World Cup too, that Holland won't be a part of, and Mbappe will. But also, Real Madrid will be targeting Holland this summer. And if they were able to combine both of those two, Watch out. I think it'll be huge for both their card prices. They'll both be putting in fantastic numbers. If And I have to say, if Mbappe and Holland are together on the same club team, that team won't be beat. They'll win the La Liga. They'll win the Champions League. And those prices really take off back to what they were last spring. That's going to do it for this week. As always, thanks for watching. Peace. Thank you, everyone, so much for coming to this week's episode of the Weekly Slab. We hope you enjoyed and got a lot of different information out of it. Please let us know your thoughts in the comments if you enjoyed the topic discussion, what you think about the new Fanag's distribution with the new Zero Cool Cards set with the V Friends. Uh, interesting, to say the least. Maybe, maybe some things to come in the future for the sports car market. Uh, other than that, we hope you all have a great rest of your week, and uh, we will see you all on the Slab Stocks. FlipQuest 2022 on Sunday at 9.45 p.m. Eastern Time.